Hey guys, this is Tammy and Mike, and this is a special episode of We Leave You This. Um, I think we just wanted to get together and just record some thoughts that we were having on a current situation going on in our nation, in our country, um, in our world, <laughs> and and we think that it's just appropriate to record these thoughts in real time for our children because that's who this podcast is for uh, so that they one day could could look back at this historic moment and just be able to say this is what mommy and daddy thought these are the feelings that they had and how it impacted them at this time so we hope you guys enjoy the episode um, and don't forget to like, subscribe, and just provide your feedback because it'll be interesting to know what you guys think. Yeah, we're right. always available. Should I drop it? Yeah, drop the music. You sure it's on? Yeah, it's on this time. <laughs> okay, it's like the mouse slid. Like as soon as as soon as I. Hit my countdown. <laughs> I'm doing countdowns now since you know. Good job. Rocket ship. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, what is going on with you? What's going on with me? <laughs> <laughs> is that a safe question to ask? Uh, I, Go ahead, Bryce. A safe space. <laughs> <laughs> you would think so because you're in your own home, but damn, going it. You never know these days. Uh, you, you, you never, <laughs> you never, never, never know. Um, so guys, we're back again this week and look at us. I know. Look, two weeks. <laughs> back to back. Like back uh, we're back, back early. Yes. Don't expect this next time. <laughs> um, we're usually going to be doing every two weeks, but as most of the people who will be listening to this in 2020 know, this is a time I would say unlike no other. Yeah. It's a crazy, crazy time. It's one of those times where, you know, it's a popular thing these days that when you're on social media, it's like you see all these memes and pictures where people just like list everything that has happened over, you know, basically the last five to six months. And mm -hmm. if you saw this in a movie, you would kind of be like, who wrote that crap? Right. <laughs> Trash. <laughs> so unbelievable. <laughs> happened murder hornets <laughs> yo i was waiting for the perfect time to like sneak in the murder hornets and definitely I... murder hornets but um it's so funny that you can say murder hornets and that can be a real thing and that could be the least of your worries bruh. Bruh. <laughs> um but it is june 1st june 1st 2020 not to date the podcast but um it's it's a time in the land and with us having this platform in which, you know, um, the concept of we leave you this, this, um, we leave you this, which is the title of this podcast, is to leave messages for our kids. We thought that it would be um, crazy to not do an episode about what's going on. Yeah. Um, What's going on in the world right now? Our kids, um, Fat Face and Trey. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. think we ever introduced the yeah. I don't think we ever introduced Trey. Yes. But our kids, Fat Face and Trey, um, they're four and they're one respectively. So 
Um, they don't have a full concept of what's going on. They can, um, our daughter, Fat Face, she can, she could kind of figure out a little bit here and there because she is a smart kid, as we've said in our previous episode when we're talking about coronavirus. But um, we haven't fully told her about this time. And so before we even kind of get into that, what is going on? <laughs> right. It just, uh, just so we're clear, I know we talked about segments and stuff last time. I think this conversation, because of the time that we're in and the things that we want to discuss, it, it will be a bit of a freer form. Yeah. Uh, we, we, a we, matter we, freer we do, form. We have... We ha- we have we, we we have some structure to it, but we're not gonna have segments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no, yeah, there's no segments here, but we yeah. do have a structured discussion. Yeah, that we're this prepared is a structured discussion, but we're not gonna have segments. Um, so and so, how did we get here? Um, last week, last Monday, uh, we said this is June first, but on last Monday, May twenty fifth, with which happened to be Trey's birthday. Yeah, uh, we were at home having you know. A virtual birthday party. Yes. Um, which is hilarious when <laughs> when you're dealing with young children. Um, to say, but that's a story for another day. Uh, we went about our merry little lives having our, having, you know, trying to make the best out of a bad situation with coronavirus. Um, just not really knowing um, what was ahead of us. Move over to the next day. Um because I think that's when I first started to become aware of it. I don't know if I don't know if Tammy knew about it the, the night that it happened, but um, turning on social media because I think this is where I first came mm-hmm. into contact with it uh, about um, George Floyd. Mm-hmm. George Floyd, a black man that was from Houston but living in Minneapolis. I don't mm-hmm. know why. I keep saying Minneapolis. I, <laughs> I keep hearing people say it. I'm like, that's wrong. And I hear it wrong so many times that I start to say it wrong. Um, but living in uh, Minneapolis, who was um, murdered on camera with witnesses by by the police in particular. Let me make sure I say his name. He was murdered by Derek Chauvin or Chauvin or something like that. He's a killer. Right? I, that, I don't, <laughs> What his name doesn't matter, right? His you, name does you put, not you matter. You put Derek C and he'll pop up <laughs> um, in, in Google. And so uh, woke up to to a video on social media saying, like, this happened. This is crazy. Uh, you know, this man was killed on camera. I'll say right now, I initially refused to watch the video. Mm-hmm. Um, but the description around it is such that, for about eight minutes or so, this officer kept his knee on this man's neck. And, you know, the life slowly left his body. And um, while other officers were around. And so um, with that and seeing, just seeing another, you know, black man unarmed, right? You know, mm-hmm. being killed, um by 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 the police it it has set the country uh on fire (laughs) i find it so interesting that the question of you know you say how did we get here and i found it so interesting when you said last monday because i was going to say 400 years ago (laughs) 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 we were chilling Minding our own business. Our ancestors were chilling, minding their own business. 
And they were brought from where we were to this um, wretched land (laughs) (laughs) to work. Yeah. (laughs) To be enslaved. (laughs) And the system, um, and, and just to be clear, I am of a Guyanese heritage, so I am Caribbean. Mm-hmm. Um, I've lived in America for a majority of my life since I was seven years old. Um, and so I've been in America for over 25 years. And it's so interesting to me. I was thinking about this the other day, being married. You know, Guyana clearly had slavery, um, but there's not that many white people still in Guyana, you know? Yeah. Um, they, there's a lot of Indian people and there's still racial unrest. Um, there's still racism. Um, but to be from a foreign country and to have lived in this country for the last 25 years, the question of how did we get here? Mm -hmm. (laughs) It is so, it is something that I, I had to learn, you know, it's like you first learn it in school and then you learn it through the experience of your peers or your own experience because you realize that, you know, as much as you say I'm Caribbean, you're still black. Right. <laughs> and people still see you as black. And for me, in all honesty, I've learned it a lot through you having an African-American husband. Um yeah who was born and raised in America. And so I've learned a lot through um, being your wife and in being in close proximity to you and hearing your story. So the question of how did we get here, um, it, it's so deeply rooted in the history of America. Um, but the question of how did we get here is so recently mm-hmm. you know um and i say recently but in reality i mean 25 years 27 years when you think back to even before rodney king when you think yeah. about the rodney kings you think about the mike browns you think about the trayvon martins and you think about so many african-americans even recently we think about George Floyd, but mm-hmm. it was the compilation right. of George uh, of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and Ahmaud Arbery and, and 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 everything, and it was just like it all, it, it all just came together. Breonna Taylor was a young African American woman in Kentucky, um, at home chilling. in her home, chilling, chilling <laughs> again. Um, her and her boyfriend asleep. The police come plainclothes officers with a no-knock warrant claiming that they knocked. Right. <laughs> um, because that's but, what you do. But that's what you do with a no-knock warrant. Not to knock. You knock. Right. Yeah, 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 that's what you do. Okay. Um, and they broke into their home. So Brianna Till and her boyfriend arose from their sleep, thinks someone was breaking into their home. Um, by the way, the person that they, the officers were looking for had already been arrested earlier at a different address. But let's not, let's not get caught up in semantics. Right. They wake up and 
um, the boyfriend being licensed to carry pulls out his gun because he thinks someone's breaking into their home. And so he starts to fire on the on these police officers who are in plain clothes, in plain clothes. Um, who knocked with a no knock warrant, they claim, and they return fire and they kill her. Yes. Um, and her life is gone. Gone. And and at least, I mean, if we're just going to mention this, and I know there's a lot of other things to cover, I just need to say this. And I've said it, anybody that um, follows me on social media, um, they know uh, what I've said. But I'll say it again. I don't understand in a country that has a Second Amendment right to bear arms, how in what you deem the Lord's country, <laughs> but that's debatable itself, that you give permission for a no-knock warrant when Americans have the right to defend themselves and the place where they live. And so not only, so you're setting up these police officers who you, who these people tend to care about, you're sending them to get slaughtered, right? Or but, to slaughter, or other, to slaughter people other people. Because or, the people are going to think that you, whether or not they know that you're police officers, they got guns. Yes, you kick in my <laughs> they door. They have and, guns. You kick in my door in plain clothes. There's a problem. There is a problem. <laughs> so, especially being especially being African American and it's a white man too. You don't know who it is. You 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 literally don't know what it is. But let's not. But, but anyway, yes. Um. Yeah. So Ahmaud Arbery running, um, stopped at a construction site. Just like many other people stopped at that same construction site, um, left, and then the town's vigilantes that were, you know, unofficially commissioned <laughs> right. by the local police officers followed him, accosted him. Um, when they caught hands from him, they shot and killed him. Um, and then George Floyd. And these are the ones that we know of, right? Um, it 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 all just came to bear. Right. It all came to bear, um, and 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 with George Floyd, they suspected him of forgery. They suspect him of forgery. Um, total amount of twenty dollars, and so they came. They handcuffed him. I believe the report said that they took him out of his car and they thought that he was in some type of distress. They handcuffed him, sat him down, and they tried to put him in a police car. And according to them, they had difficulty. And so um, he ended up handcuffed, hand behind his back, on the ground. And three officers um, kneeled a along the top of his body to restrain yeah. him. And one of them, literally, as he yelled, I can't breathe, reminiscent of Eric Garner, um, the officer kept his leg on him, um, his knee to his neck, for almost nine minutes. For almost three minutes of that time, George Floyd was unresponsive. You can see it in the video. And to be honest, he was dead. Yeah. Um, after the EMTs came, they did little activity other than take his body, hands still cuffed behind his back, put him in a stretcher and roll him out. They did this because he was dead. They did no CPR. They did. We, we knew. Yeah. It was clear. Um, the people 
because this was videotaped in front of a whole slew of witnesses. The people who saw it happen, they said, yo, you killed that man. You just yeah. killed. I can't believe you just killed that man in front of my face because they did. Um, so not to mention even before they said you killed them, they, they pleaded for them to stop. To stop. Civilians pleaded for them to stop. Um, and they didn't. Well, he didn't specifically. They didn't. Um, so needless to say, um, as Mike said earlier, with this, the world was literally set ablaze. Um, you have peaceful protests. Um, some of those protests turned to violence, to, um, to anger, to looting. Um and it's it's day seven. Day yes, this is day seven. I think this it started is, Tuesday. Yeah, I think this is um, the seventh day that we've had protests around the world. Um, it's not just Minneapolis. It's not just the United States. Um, around the world, because this was such an injustice. Yeah. Um, this was so. It was it was murder on on film on film. Um, and so where we are, um, outside of Atlanta, there's been protests all over the city of Atlanta, um, in neighborhoods where we used to live in, you know, um, there were protests, there was looting, um, there was destruction, um, yeah, and that's where we are, and this is... All still while coronavirus. <laughs> exactly. While co- and, and, and. So you got coronavirus. You got the um, more murder, more killing of unarmed African-Americans. And now you know why murder hornets <laughs> don't even make top two of the list. How? <laughs> you wonder. The more murder hornets don't make top two of the list. This is how. This is our reality right now. Um so that's how we got here. Yep. Where's <sighs> here? Where are we? How do you feel? <laughs> uh, <laughs> do you want to go first? Okay, no, I can go. Uh, uh. I can go. Um I feel, I don't know how I feel. I feel disheartened. Mm -hmm. I feel, I feel a lot of things. I think how I feel depends on the day and depends on which domain of me you ask. I feel like if I, I am a, I'm tired Mm -hmm. as a Black woman, I'm tired. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that a lot of me, I've been observing and I've been digesting, but I really didn't have a time to really reflect because we've been so busy. Yeah. Um, working, <laughs> um, working in the age of coronavirus, our kids are still at home. We still have to function. And I think that that makes me even more tired because this, I feel like so by the time I actually gave myself the space to think, it was like, this is just a continuity of what this life is. Mm-hmm. You have such a burden to bear as someone who is of color. And when I could finally verbalize how I felt, it was like in every aspect, 
there's an extra cost. You mm-hmm. know, there, there's, and don't get me wrong. I love being African-American. I love being a black woman. I wouldn't trade it for anything in this world, in this world right? Um, but there's a cost. And so the mental cost, <laughs> the physical cost for those who are going out there protesting, the emotional cost, right, mm-hmm. um, to African-Americans in a time of a pandemic right. on top of the health disparities and how it's affecting us in such a large manner on top of the disproportional deaths from coronavirus due to comorbidities um, such as diabetes, such as um, heart disease, such as racism, which has (laughs) brought this to our doors. So (laughs) it's literally like racism is killing us in every which way. And it is... And then you still have to take care of your kids and they're still at home and you're still trying to balance work and you got to go into these meetings where you're still facing the microaggressions and you still got to take care of other African-Americans around you because it's a pandemic and I need you to keep a job because I don't know how you're going to, you know, if if you're to lose this one, how are you going to get another one? And so you have to take all of that and you put it, it, it's yours, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I I can't call it a burden because it is a richness of life, but it's still something that we have to carry with us. And it is so heavy, and I am so tired. And that's why I shared this weekend, the cost is so high that I cannot look at anybody else in their actions and tell them that's not how you do that. Don't do that that way because... I know my cost and I know that I'm privileged to even not experience the full cost of it all. Right. And so for those who have borne the brunt, <laughs> I'm just like, hey, I, I'm no, I'm in no space to judge you. Yeah. That's how I feel. Um, how do I feel? <sighs> to be honest, I'm still... Um, processing i'm still processing how i feel and processing my emotions about about this um i mean when i think back over the past several several years um just about those things that are high profile um you know a a decent majority of them have been you know african-american males right there have been african-american women as well you know you have um Brianna Taylor, you have your Sandra Bland, you have um, what was the one? what was the one that was in Texas? I think it was the one in Texas when they came up in our house. I can't even think. Oh, um, Atiana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Jeffries. Yeah, name? Uh, I can't remember, but yeah, when when they stormed when they stormed her crib, uh, uh, when when uh, her nephew or some was just playing video games, um, and so and. Atatiana Jefferson. Jefferson, yes, yes. Uh, we, we've, we've been close. It's a lot of names, and and, it, and that's the thing. That's it's, the a, it's a It's so many names that it's it's difficult to 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 keep track of them. There's so many hashtags. There's so many. There's so many people. Botham Jean, Botham John. Yeah, yeah but yeah. Uh, 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 it, it, and so, not because not only do you keep track of the names uh, of uh, of the 
of the people who passed away, but you have to keep track of the names of the people who killed them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so just seeing these things, um, you know, year in and year out. And, le- and, and let's be clear. These are just the ones that catch media attention that have some type of video associated with it. And so it has the ability to cause some type of public, you know, outcry or things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a lot and it's a lot for me personally uh, because I have experienced my fair share of interactions, you know, you know, with law enforcement, you know, I, I was I, in high school. I was, I, I was pulled over after a date, dropping a girl off after a date and, you know, low key being accused of a bank robbery for somebody that they already had in custody. Right. <laughs> Like, like, like legit, like, um, I, I had issues with, um, in Arkansas and that was in Illinois. I had issues in Arkansas, you know, with the, 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 the tri-county drug task force being accused for, for moving weight from state to state. Right. You know, um, you know, smashing, you know, a birthday cake that I was picking up for somebody else that I was only dropping off on my way to go take an a, a exam in one of my computer science courses. Right. Um, you know, I've been, I've been arrested on a warrant that wasn't even for me, um, where I, I'm literally in handcuffs at the police station while they're filling out the warrant. And like when you're getting booked and I'm telling the officer, um, excuse me, sir, how do I look? You know, and Mm -hmm. this is, you know. How old am I? I'm 32. This is this is like nine, nine, ten years ago, mm-hmm. you know. And he guesses my age, early 20s. I'm like, you about right. What is that? What does the date of birth say on that warrant? <laughs> and the date of birth is closer to my mama's age than it is to mine, <laughs> right? But they didn't care about that when they pulled me over. Yep. Right. And so. And so I've I, I've I've been in jail. I've spent a decent amount of time in jail, mm-hmm. more time than I would than I would like to share. Mm-hmm. You know that have caused me, you know, even in college, mm-hmm. to miss class, to fail classes. Where, where there was literally back in the day um, of Facebook groups when Facebook groups first were coming out, there was a feed Mike Payne group. <laughs> I, I've seen it. Shout out to Akila Watts, cuz, cause she contributed. <laughs> And so even when I I, I, I I look back at those times, I'm thankful. Um, I'm thankful. I'm, ups- I'm upset. Don't get me wrong. I'm upset. But I am thankful that, that I made it out of those situations. The, the media as it existed back in the day with cell phones and stuff like that, you know, you had the blackberries, you had the razors and all that, but you, you could get 30 seconds out of that max, you know, <laughs> and even if it was, it was grainy. It wasn't, you know, it, it, it's definitely not of the quality that we see today where you, <laughs> you can see impression in high definition. <laughs> yes. Yes. And so, and, 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 and so if anything had happened to me back in the day, I would have only been left. The, the the police the police would have only would have been the only ones that would have been able to tell the story mm. right and so i've escaped from that 
knowing that I was right. And, 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 you know, this isn't, this isn't a story that's unique to me. It isn't a story. It, this isn't like, I don't know other people's stories who have been through similar things. Right. Mm. Um, some who have, some who have benefited the way that I have other ones got years. Right. Mm. And so I, 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 I'm still processing. I'm still processing how I feel, right? Because I, 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 I want to be out there. You know, I want to be out there protesting and 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 let let my voice be heard. But given the current situation with coronavirus, like I got kids. Mm, you have kids, and that's that. So two things. Number one, it's so crazy to me that we can sit here and be thankful to God that the oppression was minimal. Like minimal. <laughs> like what in the like this is crazy. But it's so it's so it's it's again to me, all I go back to thinking about is the cost. Like the cost is so high. Cause like you said, there's coronavirus. Yes. And we got kids. And it's like you, it's not even that you have kids. You have your, you have your own life. And, and it's, it's like as an African American, it's, if it was just us, just the two of us. Yeah. No second thought to it. Mask all on. <laughs> it's like you just you just go. Yeah. But with two young children, and with seeing the pain of those who have lost someone to this, and it's just like it's it's so much to even balance, you know. Mm-hmm. And you're sitting here, and I can only speak for myself. I'm sitting here. And I kind of feel like, do you choose between, I can't even say between parenthood and your identity as Mm -hmm. an African-American. That's not even it. Um, But sometimes it kind of feels like it because it's like, I want to be out there. But if I go out there there's so many people that are so close to each other and it's just like oh my oh my gosh but there's there's parents out there yeah. and, and and there's other parents out there but even with us it's like does one of us go the other one keep the kids like you right because i would say those parents that are out there got, they they got babysitters they got family we ain't got nobody and so we're stuck by the we gonna be out there with fat face and train and then my family going to be like, you see, that's why I didn't listen to you before when you told me to stay at home. <laughs> and it's just like, it's the balance. It's literally, it's another cause. It's another choice in which it's like your blackness and your being African-American and it's put against something else. And you know what? It's so funny because 
one, someone I know shared this thing the other day and it brought me comfort. And it was like, yo, everyone's role in the resistance ain't the same. Mm-hmm. Like somebody got to go riot. Somebody got to be a peaceful protester. Somebody got to beat the one praying. Somebody got to stack bread to pay bail. Somebody got to take care of the kids. And it's just like, you know, I was like, you know what? That's so true. It is. Um, so let me make sure that I continue to put my money <laughs> into and start putting my money into causes, into initiatives, because I can't, I, I'm not out there. Yeah. Um, but I can support those who are out there. I can help pay the bail for those who are out there. Yeah. I can donate for initiatives that you know, according, you know, to those who are like, why can't y'all be peaceful? The peaceful initiative that existed before this that y'all ignored. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, we, we, we could we get to that. My contributions are fact-checking. Because a lot of you Negroes. <laughs> Don't do that. I'm trying to. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to. I'm when not, you talk about racism, you got to clean up your language. Tra- because a, a lot of our, a lot of our, our brethren... That's where we are. So where are we? We're in a place. Hold on. No, because I'm talking about my role. No, that's what okay. I'm saying. That's right. what I'm saying. So we're in a place that I would say that my role. Okay. Although I want to be out there, I'm not out there. Um, and there's, I think there is a cost to that. And when I look back on this time, how would I feel about my decisions not to be out there? That's yet to be determined. Mm-hmm. But my role is to still provide um, financial support and support on the platforms that I do have to those who are out there um, fighting the good fight. So what's your role? What do you see as your role? My role is I'm out here in these internet streets. <laughs> and I'm fact-checking people. And, and I, don't, don't, get me, don't get me wrong. I, I, I am, I am, I am um, cultivating information, sharing information with, with the masses. Um, I'm seeing things. I'm sharing my thoughts. Like I can't be out there physically um, because of circumstances, and I and I understand that. And I know that someone can look at me and say, "Well, you ain't out there. How can you talk?" But there are a lot of people out there that, that number one ain't out there, and number two are 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 downplaying the situation or dismissing or discrediting the work that the people are out there are doing. That's one thing I'm not gonna do, right? I, I, and so since I can't be out there, let me. Let me be. Let me be able to share with those the message, because not only, not only are there, not only are they are 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 there people, Caucasian white people, whoever else that don't understand, but there are those of us ourselves, our African American, our our black people that don't understand what's happening and what the meaning is to what's happening now. And so, yes, there is a disagreement about, you know, to some degree. Methodology. Methodology, like to riot or to not riot. But to outright dismiss or summarily dismiss the act of riot. And I'm not talking about riot from 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 the the people who have infiltrated the movement. Yeah. Because that is that is that is a that is a documented, well known yeah. thing. And let's be clear. When these things happen, if you're already in a heightened state of emotion, when those people come in, they can manipulate you because you're in that heightened state and cause yeah. you to do things that you wouldn't normally do. Yeah. But there are also some 
who feel as though this is their only way to vent. Yeah. But my thing is, I, I am on patrol for those who say, well, don't destroy your own community. Don't destroy this. Don't destroy that. Okay. First of all, I'm going to check. Have you posted about have you posted about George Floyd's death? Right? Have mm-hmm. you have you posted about it? Have you mentioned mm-hmm. it? Have you condemned the acts of the officer? You know? No? Okay, so why are you talking now? Mm. Right? Um uh, you know, are you coming out here with these MLK words about him being peaceful and all this other stuff? Where MLK has already said that it would be morally irresponsible to condemn the rioting because you know the quote the rioting is the language of the unheard and so and and, and so don't and, and and that's a big thing for me um because i i it's one thing it's one thing when when white people because they, uh, and because it's true quote martin luther king all the daggum time i'm trying to clean up my language y'all <laughs> Oh, they they quote him all the time. Oh, he was this great. He changed the world. He was peaceful and all this. No, no, no. You Emma Effers killed him Y'all for being people. That man. Hey, Listen, hey. let me tell you something. Yo, people be people. I, I just get. I'm just like yo. People like. Well, Jesus said y'all killed him too. Y'all killed him too. <laughs> And, if, and 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 the thing is, and the thing is, y'all don't under, y'all don't understand history. Y'all don't understand history because you say, oh, you post a thing, oh, they didn't do riots, change the world, or was peaceful and changed the world. No, 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 no. Okay, tell that to the people me- at Stonewall. Okay, the, the memory of him changed the world. And why did it change the world? Because after he died, we rioted. We rioted. Yeah. And the riots is what is is it was the catalyst to what we know now as civil rights. So to diminish or admonish the riots is is completely irresponsible. It, it, it's it's irresponsible, and I won't stand for it. And that's and that's one of the things. And that's and that's how I right now outside of I mean, whatever yeah. we do is a yeah. part of the movement. One and the same. Yeah, you know. Yeah, uh, and, and and so I won't stand for it. I, I, I won't stand for it. You will not sully the good name of MLK with your whitewash nonsense. But it's but it's so funny to me because you know what, pre coronavirus and pre um this these incidents of um police brutality and general. Um, attack on African-Americans because there were incidents that were outside of police brutality who were just also crazy. But um, I really, f- I think I subconsciously felt that the people on my social media were a monolith. I felt like if I got rid of the extras <laughs> a long mm-hmm. time ago. So whether they were African-American or Caucasian, I felt that I pretty much knew. Like when it came to coronavirus, mm-hmm. that they had sense. And when it would come to something like this, that they would just fall in line. Um, and for the most part, they have. But I've I've had a few surprises. And I was just like, how did you get in there? <laughs> like, how did you? How like, because, did like, you get in? <laughs> like, for real, like, you're 
to to sully the name of Martin Luther King, to sully the name of my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in such ways that are so myopic and are so undefined and are so unnuanced and are so um, indicative of not having a relationship with the teachings and understandings of either one, mm. it frustrates me. Yes. <laughs> it frustrates me. And even, and it's so interesting for me because. I think a lot of times people think that when you have a certain perspective that isn't in line or aligned with the main media interpretation of someone's um, belief system or what the main media would have you believe that that person to be, that they think that you don't have a relationship. But you know what's so funny to me is that a while ago, um, I was, I basically came to the realization within myself because I... Um, I, I struggled with certain things in my Christian faith when it comes to, you know, the Lord, <laughs> you know, loving everyone mm -hmm. and calling on us to love everyone. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yo, you can't mean everybody now. <laughs> There's 7 million people in this world. Like, right. There's a couple of them. We can let them slide. But, um, you know, within my own journey, I've had an experience in which the Lord has encouraged me to even consider those that I don't even like, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I understand this message of Jesus saying to love everyone and Jesus being of peace. I understand it. I read his book daily, multiple times a day. Um, I have a relationship with him. Um, he speaks to me and I, I listen and, and that's, that's a relationship. Um, but my my God isn't okay with this, you know. <laughs> Look, man, you talk with him every day. I talk to him every once in a while, and now and again. And I know that God Himself got fed up to the point where He was like, "No, nah, all y'all niggas got to go." That ain't what God said. You're not going to do that to my Lord. And all Jesus of you heathens have to Thank go. Thank you. <laughs> Right? That, that is not Except what for you, said. I like you, and I guess I'll keep your family. And so, and so to the same Christians that are just like, you know, oh, the Bible says, uh, uh, da, da, da. no, 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 it is, it is, it is that, it is that bad behavior begets violence, but, destruction rather. And so, and, and so you have to be, you have to be. You have to understand, or to go back to what you said, yes, I have an understanding enough that things are taken in context and that and that when you do things, they they there there's a consequence. So it's it was so funny is that you know my understanding of this whole situation of what's currently happening in this world, coming from a Christian perspective, I think um, is, is one in which I understand fully and totally that I am not to judge anyone. Um, and that I understand that people and their reactions and their interactions are nuanced. And so I, I pray for people. Mm. I pray for people left, right, and center um, because this is a scary time. 
And I am not one to look at anyone and say, you don't do that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You don't destroy that thing. Yeah. Um, there's lives being destroyed. There's families being destroyed. Um, and they yes. have been for a very, for, long for a very time. long time. Like you said, I, how did we get here? You said last Monday, I said 400 years ago. That's when this story started. Right. <laughs> um, so it's, it's, I, I can't and I won't weigh the cost of one thing versus one person. Um, it's not within me. And I don't think that is my place. Um, and so I can't. Tell some, I'm not going to wag my finger at anyone to say, no, 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 you don't, you aren't, you can't, your action means you, you, no. And it's like, and, and people talking about peaceful protests are the way we've had peaceful protests and we've had these examples. And, and like I said, like you didn't accept them, you didn't <laughs> you know? accept them. They, they weren't accepted. And if they weren't accepted, maybe we won't be where we are today. So maybe this is all a way of us learning the next time when someone asks you kindly to do something that you do it. <laughs> yes. Um, and, and the thing is, is that even if people even let's say, let's say that the protesters themselves are, are not doing any rioting and it's, only outsiders, which I I will admit that that's not true. It's not yeah. only outsiders that are doing the rioting and the looting yeah. and all that. That said, if you would have listened to the peaceful protesting and actually made and actually did, had some action against you know towards what they were protesting against, then the environment would have never existed. For the people that infiltrate the protest to do the things that they were doing, because yes, maybe the first protest, but then if you did it, there would have been no second protest. There would have been no third protest. There would have been 40, 50, 60, 70 some odd years of protesting. That, but that's the thing. It's just like, it, it's so funny because even when you think about not even going back all those years, even as of recently, when you had people, even Colin Kaepernick, he was just kneeling and y'all responded to him with violence. Yes. He was kneeling, minding y'all business. And again, y'all thought that a thing <laughs> was more important than black lies and people of color when it came to the hands of the police y'all thought that your flag which was a false narrative is what he was protesting against right. and so y'all returned y'all responded to him with violence with unemployment with name calling with threats you and and so if you just maybe the lesson for all of us in this is the next time somebody says you know what maybe you guys should pay attention to this you know what let's give our attention to it let's be respectful of each other in that way and maybe we won't reach to this place in which we currently are mm. and that is where i am yeah um so i think the next question is where do we go from here where do we actually go from here on this day in which we have these these situations that we I can't even say we've seen before. Um, we have these situations in which it's cyclical. It seems like if the world is ablaze, 
um, it seems like if things are happening left, right, and center, today we had confirmation from an independent coroner and the county medical examiner that After it was the independent a homicide. Coroner. Oh, God, boy, you know that was going to happen. <laughs> I called it, okay? they That county medical examiner didn't want no smoke. When that independent medical examiner, um, who was, I think, the chief medical examiner of New York City, said that this was a homicide, he was like, I, I bet. <laughs> I'm not I'm not going head to head. <laughs> you mm-hmm. said what you say? Let me write that down. Let me see them notes I can write it down the same thing right. real quick. Um where do we go from here? Um we got we have kids. And even for those who don't have kids, it's like what happens next? Yeah. What happens here? Um it's 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 a it's it's a question and it's a question that I've that you know even earlier this, today before we even decided if we were going to do this podcast I think that was something that I grappled with because I was I was um earlier earlier in the morning you know I put up on Facebook and I said yo y'all president would rather send out the military. This was was earlier in the morning. It's like morning. I was like, y'all president would rather send out the military to confront citizens than, you know, address systemic racism head on. Mm -hmm. And I was just saying it because it's what I felt. And Mm -hmm. then, you know, four or five, six hours later, you know, you see that the president has literally done that to peaceful protesters that he said that he was going to protect and no at the same time he was saying he was going to protect peaceful protesters he literally sent out the like literally cnn the news network had a side by side as he was talking they were showing what was happening to peaceful who were literally just sitting there peaceful protesters he sent the military and the military police and to clear them um, in a space between um, the White House and a local church, which is a church that's um, frequently visited by yeah, presidents. Um, yeah, so he can walk from the White House. The church had a um, looters, rioters, set a fire to the basement of the church, and so there's some damage in the basement, a little bit in the back. In the words of people from that diocese, it was way, you know, it was a fire and it was a destruction of property, but it was better than they um, thought would have happened. Like right. it was damaged, but it wasn't like the church burned down. Yeah. So he went, in his own words, to pay honor to a great building so him and the people he had the military police literally clear um people that were there as non-violent protesters um you know that were there for the cause of black lives. He had the military police come in and violently clear them using batons and being mounted on horses, firing um, rubber bullets and tear gas. So him and his crew can walk to the church where he then awkwardly held a Bible in front of the church. And then he invited um, white people to stand next to him and take a picture. So, a couple he, of things. He, he literally did it for the gram. <laughs> couple of things. Number one, um, he could at least had a black person next to him. 
Men car snack fuel is always available. Okay. <laughs> we all knew that Ben Carson was out here talking about Jesus before he ran for president. So at least within a definition of sorts, I'm, no, I'm not here to judge anyone's Christianity. Ben Carson was standing for Christianity and he's leading HUD, housing, urban development, a building in the city burned down. I feel like if he could have swung, yeah. he could have justified having Ben Carson there. I feel like if he could have, but no, he stood there with a random assortment of white people all looking awkwardly as he held the Bible in the most awkward thing I've ever seen. Um, all that just remind me of something else. On the other day, my family, we have um, devotion, um, family devotion weekly. So we gather and, you know, we like sing a song, do a little, um, someone does a word. And then, you know, we just pray. Um, we had devotion the other day, and it was my turn to lead. I did an exhortation on, um, you know, speaking the power of your words and how we should speak positively and not judge other people. And I said that I was challenged um, by our president, but God has challenged me to speak good things about him. Um, and that's not an aside to this podcast. It's in line with what the question of where do we go from here. Um, Donald Trump is an idiot and we need to get him out of office. And I'm not <laughs> saying that in any small terms. The Bible tells me that he's an idiot. The word of God tells me. I mean, the, so, so is the constitution. He enacted a law that <laughs> literally takes power away from him, but whatever. He, the Bible tells me that he has very little sense and we need to pray for him all the time, consistently. Um, and currently, because he, whatever he does impacts millions of people, but it's not all clicking. And um, we need to make sure that we can do everything in our power to get him out of office. Because there's a dangerous balance um, of, of ignorance, of racism, of sexism of foolishness yeah and i don't know what to do with that i can't it's an overload for my system i consider myself to be a very patient person but i can't i i don't know what to do with that and so i still pray for him I pray for him constantly, consistently. I still wish him the best because he is a human being. Um, but he's an idiot. Point blank simple. If today proved nothing, it proved that he's an idiot, and that's not me judging him. I'm using the standard that God has set before us. Um, he's a fool. The Bible said that a fool broadcasts their foolishness, and that's literally what he did today. He invited cameras as he did foolishness. I really thought you were going to say the scientific method. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, <laughs> so let's vote locally, nationally. Let's get this popping. Yeah. That's one thing. that I, That's one way I could say that we can go forward. Yeah. Well, how I go forward, and again, I was saying, you know, I was thinking about it. And, and I'm, I'm not sure. As I watched, as I watched the military come out, um, and just you know, line up in front, uh, line up in front of the White House on the White House grounds and all of that. And I was just like, "Yo, 
This is literally what I said was going to happen earlier in the day. Mostly because this was really one of the few places he could actually do it because Washington, D.C. is not a state. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yo, if if they move on these people and they attack these people or they do something and the people resist because they were protesting peacefully and it turns out into a fight, it's going to propagate throughout the U.S. Mm-hmm. And as it always does. As it always does. And I'm like, if this happens, just given just given everything I've experienced and given everything the people who I know have experienced, like I was gonna have to be out here in these streets. Yep. And I wouldn't even blame you. Despite everything that I said earlier in this podcast, like and I thought about it and all the emotions like like came to the forefront. And I just I, I, I got up, I grabbed my son, I held him and I just cried. Because at that point, at that point, then this is before he spoke, I was like, no, like I'm going to have to like literally fight for this. And that would be that would be it. And then you would have to spend two weeks in the garage because I would not. <laughs> I would send you a sandwich through the side door. But but, but luckily, he's a fool. He's a fool. And so again, he he invoked something that that literally he said that you know the Insurrection Act and the Insurrection Act. He said because of that, he's going to send the military to to states and cities you know where states aren't doing what they're supposed to do as far as the national guard and police whatever but if he read it he would have known that the states have to invite that type of service the only other exception is that if they are um defending someone's um constitutional rights which Right now, nobody's constitutional rights have been violated. He violated constitutional rights when he sick the military police on peaceful protesters. But, but that, oh. but what is what is the insurrection? An insurrection is an act of violence against an authority or a government. What has the insurrection been? Who acted with violence against an authority or government? From what I've seen, from what I've seen, it's been a bunch of young white kids. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to lie. Outside of that, even (laughs) there was an insurrection when my my man walked up to, to the black police officer. And he said, what you do with that little shield? Little, little shield ass nigga. <laughs> like, <laughs> that was insurrection. Like, I, I would have brought the bombs. No. Like, I understand. <laughs> like, but that to me is just so crazy. And I can't, on the national level, on the political level, all I can say is vote because the rest of it doesn't make sense. Yes. But I think there's an important question on a personal level. What do we do as par- as young African-Americans with black parents, black bodies, black kids, black sisters, brothers, 
What do we do? Me personally, and I know that you think that this is over. Like you, Mike, you think that this is over. I think what is over. This, what I am about to say, I want to get (laughs) to a different area (laughs) where we live. I do not, we have constantly had the discussion about where do we live for our kids. We want to live in the best place for our kids. Where we live, of course, there's good schools, blah, 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 nice grocery stores, blah, 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 nice parks, blah, blah, blah. Listen, the value of these things is superficial. I feel as though it's important, yet it's superficial. We both had the benefit of being raised in areas that were predominantly African-American. And while those areas were not perfect, you know what? Um, I think that we are equipped. Number one, we have more options. We have more choices. Number two, I feel as though we are equipped with what it takes that even if the school isn't a 10 out of 10, that we can still put our kids in good situations and we can do whatever it takes to make sure that educationally or whatever else they're provided for. And I'm not saying that we can hide our kids or we can shield our kids from racism and racist thoughts all the days of our life. But I, (laughs) for my well-being, would like to know that my my child can go out in a place and it's not like, oh, where did you come from? You look different. You stand out. There's a discomfort that comes with that. And I don't think that I am ever willing to let our kids experience that. And we know that this is true and where we currently live. And although we never thought that this would be the place that we would forever live because this county has a history of racism, we're just living here for a little while, then we will move uh, the pictures of our black family off the wall, replace it with some generic art and sell this house. But I really do think that the next place we need to consider very carefully because we stand out and you know we stand out. Even in this idea, in this time of coronavirus, you yourself know that if you wear a mask outside, this means something different now. And I'm not saying go back to PG County, Maryland, but if you were in PG County, Maryland, you would be wearing a mask. Everybody else, because there's a lot of black people. I would still wouldn't be going. I wouldn't be going outside because they don't care about black people and they ain't got tests and then people dying for coronavirus. So I'd just be in the house. Oh, and, so, but still. and so, and so that said, Hypothetically. Um, and so that said, um, subject for another podcast, because I do to some degree, just about fundamentally disagree with with where you desire to go. But or, that's where I want to go personally. What about you? Um and but that's not that's that's beyond scope of what at least right now what I'm trying to discuss. But at least for me, um because and again we, we can we can talk about this, but I separate discussion. Um but at least for me um, where I see this going is that I see a crisis coming. A personal crisis? Not, it, it could lead to a personal crisis. Is that we said that we're being led by a fool, an idiot. <laughs> like, there's, there's, there's a lot of adjectives. But this fool has a lot of power. 
And so as much as I could say, oh, this particular act says you can't do this. The problem is how many times has someone said you can't do this and you've done it anyway? And so right now what I am doing, I am mentally preparing myself for the worst possible scenario where there is a literal conflict between what the law says as far as where the military can go and what they can do and still, or that opposed to listening to their commander in chief, someone who leads an army of two, a military of 2 million people. And so I am trying to wrap my head around that because if the order was to come down, what do you choose? Do you choose the law that says that's it? That says, um, you know, that states have to invite it. The military is not to be used, at, you know, at, as police. Or do they say, well, blanket in general, the the the, the president is commander in chief, and we are to follow orders. Period. And that, for me, moving forward, is just what I am preparing myself. For moving forward, because I don't want to be caught off guard, um, and that's just that's just my thing. Yes, he may have said something that doesn't make sense legally, but there's a lot of things that legally he didn't make sense that he did and has gotten away with. I think for I think, but that's also indicative of where we differ because I feel as though you are. Hoping for the best, but expecting the worst. Is that? Um, I I am hoping for the best, but when dealing with an idiot, you don't know what to expect. I, but I always, I feel like if, and that's so funny because I talked about my family's devotion and what we did the other day and my title was waiting expectantly. I know what to expect. I expect... And maybe it's just me and my own, like, belief system. But I expect that we are going to be okay. And I expect good things. And it's not just, number one, it's just not, like, a blind faith of, oh, this is just... Everything is always going to be all right. I'm no fool, okay? But um, I, if I've learned nothing from these experiences from the last few weeks is that, you know what? Um, I trust God. I trust that he's led me and others to support some really good initiatives. And I trust that I'm not one to believe that the world is all of a sudden going to change, right? But with all of these incidents, with every occurrence that happens, I feel that more and more people are opening their eyes and becoming activated and becoming active. And I'm not saying that a majority is now going because, you know, the news, especially with the news cycle, you sensationalize one thing, something else comes along and drags your attention, you know? Um, But I do feel that as we go, more and more people will become active within the people that matter and the people that can 
do the things that matter, are going to become active and do what is needed to help take us to a better place. Would it be a perfect place? Um, that's not me. That's not for me to call. But I do have hope and I don't think it's a blind hope. I think it's a hope supported by knowing that people are still out there doing good work. Go ahead and say it. I mean, we don't know if George Floyd, you know, believed that everything would be okay as well. And I think that's where I find myself, right? There is a, we don't know any of these people that we've lost, how they felt about the outcome of the world or, or, or what their relationship was to God or their God or whatsoever. And so with that, you have to, and I'm saying for me, you, you have to kind of prepare yourself for what could possibly happen because I can't judge anybody who any anybody who's that I don't know I mean I don't judge people I look at their actions and this that and the third but I don't know what happens in your quiet place in your quiet time what mm-hmm. your beliefs were all I know is that you were taken away um and so even when you look at the even when you look at the kids in Atlanta Mm-hmm. You know the the college kids that were were yanked tased out of the, assaulted. Yeah, that were assaulted by the police officers, yanked out of their car, tased, and all of that. Like I don't know what their belief in God was, right? You know, Martin Luther King had a belief in God, and look what happened to him, bro. You can't. You don't have to tell me. No, no, no. Jesus had a belief in God. Yes, <laughs> and, and, but that's but that's the thing. But the, he had, but he had the foresight to know what was coming. <laughs> Right. And so and so it's 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 one of those things that faith, faith is good. I have faith. I, you know, I believe that things will, will be okay, but I'm also but I also understand that I just don't know. But then you're not and, and so, I don't think I, I don't I, I know I'm not supposed to know. No, but I'm not saying that I know. There's a difference between yes. expecting and knowing for a fact, right? Yes. Um, I, I, and but I, agree. I But you know what? Like, and I've said it so many times, there is a cost. <laughs> there is a cost to this. And I am so afraid that the cost along with the, the mental health cost of coronavirus, the constant accosting of our bodies, yeah. the, the mental health cost of seeing it played on TV time and time and time again. We've seen Walter Scott gunned down. We, we, like, we've seen it so many times that it's like, it, it, if I'm just to look at what is before us, mm-hmm. And according to the evidence of the psychology of it all, then what I would expect <laughs> is not anything good for yeah. us as a people, um, as, as African-Americans. And I wouldn't expect anything good for our kids because this history has told us that these people, they do not want to change. Yeah. But for me, and maybe it's, it's something that I, I'm not ready to face, but for me to sit here and not expect anything good 
for the children I brought into this world, they didn't ask to be here. Yeah. I brought them into this world, into a world that judges them. Mm-hmm. That doesn't see my daughter for the beautiful, kind, just charismatic little girl that she is. Mm-hmm. That doesn't see my son for the shy, chill, even at one laid back, <laughs> chill little black boy who is full of joy that he is. And so for me to not, for me to expect what the evidence say that they will see in this world it's too much yeah i'm not gonna lie and I, I, I it, think, it's, it's too much and i think so i choose to expect better and i think we and I, th- and I think our feelings are rooted in the same place i think that and again this is my feelings just today like i i brought i mean i've always had these feelings but today i brought these kids into this world i'm gonna do the work to make sure that they can grow up in a place that is better than the one that I grew up in. Or at least if it doesn't get there, I can say I tried. Yep. And that is why I'm saying I am preparing myself. I'm preparing my heart for worst case. I'm not, I don't think that it'll go there Mm -hmm. because blustering fools are blustering fools. Mm -hmm. But I, you were there. You saw like I had a real life moment where like I'm boohooing. Like that is, that was me coming to to realization, like, yo, I may have to fight for this. Like, it's like whether the fighting is, you know, protesting or just whatever, like it, it is it, it is what it is at this point, because my kids are going to have to grow up in whatever world, in whatever world exists at that time. What did I do to contribute to its current state? I got you. Um, and so that's that's what I'm left with. Uh so what's the lesson? I, I think the whole thing is a lesson. <laughs> I think it's like a history lesson. I think it's, it's a lesson on how how we feel. Um, if I was to sum it up on my end, um, a prophet once said, get the strap. <laughs> <laughs> what's wrong with you? Well, um, <laughs> I'm going to actually leave an actual religious lesson. I think... My lesson in all of this is that relationship with the relationship with God is everything. It's a lot and informs you. Um, And I think that that relationship has led me to not judge others. to question some others Mm -hmm. (laughs) um but to still to still have hope um that there is there that there is a future and that the future can be different from our current reality and that um our kids could live in a better place and find a better world um, that we currently have. Um, and so that's what I have. Um, I hope that, you know, whenever our kids are able to listen to this, that 
um, when they look back and when they listen to this and look back at the actions that we are to take in the coming weeks, in the coming months, in the coming years, they would see that this conversation, this week, this month, um, sparked something in us mm-hmm. um, that led us to contribute, like you said, to this world being the best that it can possibly be. Yeah. And it sparked something in us that led us to um, build in them and instill in them that we've been trying to do the values of, you know what? You're not only a girl or a boy, you're a black girl and you're a black boy. Yeah. And as much as people want to tell their kids, have that talk, that that comes with an extra burden. And I've been so much focusing on the cost of that. There's a lot to celebrate with so that. Much. There's so many gifts that come with that. There's so much culture. There's so much richness. There's so much pride. There's so much beauty. That so comes with that. There's so many <laughs> jokes. And you could apply them inappropriately at any time. <laughs> and you know what? You're still going to get a chuckle. So that's what we leave you with. We leave you this.